Welcome to the How Justice is Served podcast with attorney Jed Kurzban. If you're a practicing attorney or a business person who needs to persuade others when the stakes are high, this is the podcast for you. Whether you stand in the courtroom or the boardroom, Jed will teach you how to persuade people when it really matters. Listen as Jed shares keen insights, life lessons, and memorable stories, all delivered with a dose of humor. Here's your host, Jed Kurzban. Well, I'm sitting down with Jed Kurzban. Jed is the author of How Justice is Served. And Jed, we are going through the last chapter of your book, chapter 14. It's called Arm Your Jury. And so you've said before that a jury panel is nearly impossible to read. I asked you that earlier saying, is there anything that you can look at a jury, you know, body language or anything that'll help you kind of indicate how people are, are feeling or, or a way that they're thinking? And you said not really. So how do you connect with them and work intelligently when they are so hard to read to get the most ideal result for your client? How do you do that? So this is why, if I could, I wrote my book. There's a lot of books about trial tactics and trial strategies, and they're very good. I recommend you read them. They're terrific. I I quote several in my book because they're so instrumental. That being said, I haven't seen a lot of books that put it all together like mine, Mm. or or none, really. So I made my book so people understood it's a beginning-to-end process. Mm. So what you ask is a great question. Are there things I could do? You know, I can mirror them. If I see a client sitting there and he's listening like this, you know, I'll go up to him and say, just to match him, Mm. what they did is just not right. Or I'll see a client that's nodding along and I'll nod with them right? Mm. There are sort of psychological things like mirroring you could do. But ultimately what I want to do is I want to get that jury. And when I'm talking to that panel and a panel member of the jury before trial even begins says things like, the most important thing for me is to make my own medical decisions. I mean, that's really what I cared about. I saw my mom, she was in hospice. It's terrible. I want to make sure I make my own medical decisions. And the jury panel is kind of nodding. And who agrees with that? And they raise their hand and yeah, you want to be in charge of your own medicine. Now I'm going to close and I'm arming the jury. And I say to them, you know, we've heard this case. Now I'm going to tell you the one thing that sticks out when you listen. When you go to that room and decide this verdict, because juries, when the case is done, mm-hmm. get sequestered into a jury room, and then they discuss and decide what they want to do. Guilty, not guilty in criminal cases, or in my case, which is a civil trial case, are they for the plaintiff or for the defendant? Mm-hmm. And if they're for the defendant, then there's no money. If they're for the plaintiff, how much money do we want to give? And I'll say to them, when you go back to that room, the thing that you should take away, besides the fact the hospital, in this case, the hospital, you know, was making money, is they took away his decision to make his own medical decisions, his ability to make his own medical decisions. That's what they took away from him. And I would tell you that's one of the most important things to my client and to me. He he took that away from him. And if you take that away from him, if you take away my client's right to make his own medical decisions, what is that worth? What would it cost for me to take someone's decision power away from them? Now when they're back to the like, you know, the decision making was important to me. And I understand why he's so upset. Because now you've connected the beginning of the trial to the end of the trial. And there's a reason for them to fight for you. And that is arming your jury. And that's, you know, a medical example. There's other examples, obviously, in a products case I had where 
you know, we talked about in this product case, the safety guard that should have been put on there costs $2 more. And the company decided they didn't want to spend $2 for a safety guard. So instead, they put some flimsy little wires, like a paper clip, and said, your finger shouldn't cross the paper clip wire. Mm-hmm. And, uh, who could comply with that? You take a plastic guard, and you put it up there and say, this plastic guard prevents you from moving your finger past where the saw can cut it off. But they didn't want to spend the $2. And so you arm your jury and say, you know, if I was able to give $2 to every person in America to put this safety guard on, I would. Mm-hmm. And since they sold 16,000 units and it only cost $2, it seems awfully cheap to be able to fix this problem. Mm-hmm. And now they think they're going to sell another 100,000 units. That's $2 times 100,000. Now let's talk about the fact, do we want to reward them for not spending the $2? Or do we want to make sure that this doesn't happen again by making it so unprofitable that they never cheap out on $2 again and take someone's hand away. So what would it take for you to want to give $2 per unit? That's it. And now the jury can sit there and say, it's pretty outrageous, $2. And I got $2 in my pocket. I give $2 right now. And hopefully they do the math and they come to where you are. Now, why do you think it's so important to have a why behind representing your client and kind of having a personal connection with them? Why is that so vital? So we've talked about the fact juries need a bad guy. They need a bad guy. But you're taking away a month of their life. For a month, they've sat in this courtroom. They're not going to their job, which some like, some don't, but they're not getting paid. Usually employers are not great at that, which is a shame in America because jury trials are so valuable. It's another political argument, but they're there, they've invested, and they want to know why they've invested their time. Why are they here? And the why can't be, my client got hurt and he wants money. It's a pretty crappy why. But if I said to you, you know what? My client's here. My client was a boat captain, and my boat captain lost his hand because a rope that wasn't tied right literally came around his hand, strangled it, and ripped his hand off his body. Mm. We've talked about the pain of that. We've talked about the blood, We've talked about the sinew and the muscles and the bone. But you know why we're here today? We're here because the charter company, to save money, put an unlicensed, unskilled crew on a boat and told the captain, walk off, quit, and don't support your family, or suck it up and take this crew. And so this boat captain took this crew because he needed to pay rent. He had a child in school. He had a daughter in braces. He needed to make the money to pay the rent, pay the bills. And so the why that we're here, because this company shouldn't have forced my guy to work with a crew that wasn't trained so they could save money. Because there was a crew before that was trained and qualified, but didn't want to pay that money. Why are we here? We're here so no one else ever loses a hand so someone else can save $5. The why we're here is so that it's not okay to take away a man's life or force him to quit and be homeless because you want to save $5. Mm -hmm. So it's not about the $10 million I want you to give. It's the why we're here because this shouldn't ever happen again. Mm -hmm. No one should be forced to choose between providing for their family or being crippled for life Mm -hmm. because that's not a choice. That's why we're here. We're here so people have a real choice because that's not a choice. 
Now, of course, we, we know that, you know, there are a lot of different law firms and a lot of different attorneys that do the same thing that you do, but what sets your practice apart from those others? And I, I did love that you touched on what makes your book different because I, I've never heard of a book that is so kind of all encompassing like yours is. So what makes your practice in and of itself different? I would say the big thing that makes my practice different is I invest in people. In person, I like people. People want to do the right thing, and I invest in people. And most law firms, and there are law firms like mine that invest in people, but most law firms are businesses. And so businesses want to make money. And the more clients you have, the more money you can make if you have a, a system in place. I never have more than five or six cases at one time, ever, because I just can't give them the attention that they deserve. And so I'm willing to be less of a business and make less money because I want to make change and I want real justice. My clients want real justice. And you can't invest in a client if you have 100 clients at one time. You just can't. No one can. There's just not enough time in the day. So if you really want to make a difference, what makes my firm different than any other firm I've ever dealt with is I have less cases because I invest more time in my clients because I don't need to make every dollar in the world I can. I want to make the world better. I want justice. My clients want justice. And I want to help make justice. That's why, quite frankly, I named my book what I did because it's true. That's why I have less clients. That's what makes me different. I will invest in my clients to get the justice they deserve. And the justice, quite frankly, I want to see in our country. Yeah. Well, and you can't put a price on that. So I love that that is something that you are just passionate about as a person. And I hope that anybody watching this, whether they're an attorney or not, is going to be inspired to do the same to to really start change and to, to find the things that they're passionate about and make the world a better place. So I love talking with you, Jed, and I so appreciate the time that you put not only into creating your book and just everything that it is to be um, a good attorney, but also just the time that you've taken to, to sit down and talk with me and, and share about your book. So if anybody wants to pick up a copy, it's by Jed Kurzban. It's called How Justice is Served. Jed, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the How Justice is Served podcast with Jed Kurzban. Learn more or get a copy of Jed's book when you reach out to him at kktplaw.com. That's kktplaw.com.